Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight. We are blessed to be here. We are grateful to you for the times of importation, times when we gather before you and we know that you show up to impart our lives. Thank you for everyone who is here this evening. May it not be a wasted time, but may everything that you plan to do in our lives be fulfilled and accomplished in the name of Jesus. I ask, oh God, that you touch everyone here tonight. Touch each and every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We exalt your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I will worship you. Lift you high above the earth and the heavens. Said I will worship you. Lift you high above the earth and the heavens. Cause you are Lord. your name, lift you high above the earth and the heavens, yeah, 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 so I will praise your name, lift you high above the earth and the heavens, oh Lord, cause you are of kings and the Lord of lords, you are Lord, incomparable God, you, 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 you are Lord, yes, you are Lord. 
Jesus mighty name and let everybody say amen. amen put your hands together for Jesus God bless you and you may be seated hallelujah amen and amen it's good to see all of you it feels like it's a long time since I preached to you <laughs> but it's a blessing and in about two weeks' time. What's today's day? Seven. Seven. We you free twenty-five. We're back in eighteen. All right. So, in about two weeks' time, it will be Christmas, and we will be celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ came into this world to perform. A very important assignment and that assignment was essentially to pay the price for our sins so that the father can forgive us and be reconciled unto us in carrying out that assignment there are different roles and functions that he played and one of them is he played a role as the light of the world. Everybody say the light of the world. And so tonight I want to share with you Jesus, the light of the world. Hallelujah. Jesus, the light of the world. And I want you to turn your Bibles with me to the gospel according to St. John, chapter 1, chapter 8, I beg your pardon. John chapter 8. And we're going to read from verse 1. John chapter 8, reading from verse 1. And I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. Every now and again, I like to go back to it. This is like one of the original translations of the Bible into English. And in John chapter 8, reading from verse 1, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. So Jesus sat down and taught them. So don't be surprised if one of these days you come to church. And when I'm ministering, I sit down and minister to you. Why? Because Jesus did sin. Amen. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Adultery is used in reference to a married person who has sexual intercourse with somebody else apart from his wife or her husband. Okay? So it requires that you must be married before you can commit adultery. 
Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said tempting him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger he wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. He didn't mind them at all. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself, and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. May God silence all the accusers in your life. Those who bring railing accusations against you, seeking for your downfall and your destruction, may God put all of them to shame. Can I hear your loudest amen? amen? And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Verse 12 is the verse you're looking for. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. Amen. I want to read verse 12 again. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen. Now turn with me to John chapter 9 verse 5. John chapter 9 verse 5 it says as long as I am in the world I am the light of the world as long as I am in the world I am the light of the world the same verse from the message edition of the Bible says for as long as I am in the world there is plenty of light I am the world's light. Hallelujah. Say again with me, Jesus, the light of the world. Hallelujah. Jesus was holding a meeting one day when he heard a commotion. He heard shoutings. And some Pharisees and scribes 
if you like, pastors brought a woman into the middle of the congregation and then said to Jesus, Master, this woman that we brought to you, I mean, I, I, I won't be surprised if she was half naked. They said to Jesus that we caught her. She was committing adultery. She was sleeping with somebody who is not her husband. It's interesting, but the question that this poses is it doesn't take just one person to commit adultery. They were two. So why did they only bring the woman? Remember that they said, children, come and sit down quietly. Sit down. Where's the last one? Come and sit down. And then a little finger on your lips. <laughs> you, come and sit down. Quickly, sit down. All right, sit down. All right. So it was only the woman they brought into the meeting. And remember that they told Jesus that we caught her in the act. It means that when they stumbled upon the act, it was the man with the woman. Why did they let the man go and brought only the woman? Tell your neighbor, it's a question. Oh, tell your neighbor again, it's a question. So now they say to Jesus that we caught her. Feely, feely. Dole, dole. Right under our noses, we caught her. And then they said to Jesus that Moses, in the law that he gave to us, said if you catch anybody like that, instant justice, stone the person to death. Kill. So in those days, there were two ways that they would go about this. They would build a scaffold about four meters high. Now, four meters high is like, this is one meter, two meters, three meters, so up the roof. Okay? And they will tie your hands. You will be half naked. And then those who caught you will be on the scaffold with you. Then they will push you down with a lot of force. So you will fall from that height. You may die. Or you may not die. If you don't die, they will take a big stone. And hit your chest with it. So that was one way that they punished those caught in adultery. Other times, they will put you out there. Then everybody will gather a stone. And begin to hit you. They begin to throw you. So they will stone you until you die. This was the prescription in the law of Moses. So they said to Jesus, this is what Moses said. So what about you? 
What do you think? What's your opinion about this? And the Bible says they said this in an attempt to trap him. They wanted to find something that they could use to accuse him with. And in their minds, if he says that, oh, don't kill her, they will accuse him and say that he's going against the law of Moses or the word of God in those times. If he had gone ahead and said, kill her, they would have made a complaint against him to the Roman officials that he is an accessory to murder and he asked that she should be killed. So it is like whichever way Jesus went, they were hoping to find something to use against him. May God deliver you from every accuser in your life. May God rescue you from the traps of those who don't like you, those who hate you and are looking for ways and means to destroy you. May God rescue you from each and every one of them. After they asked the question, Jesus didn't mind them. He stooped and started writing something on the ground. And I'm sure that those who brought the woman, the scribes and the Pharisees, I remember what I told you, it was the pastors who brought her. The pastors, they are the ones who brought the woman. They started looking at each other and said, ah, this man, you didn't understand the question we asked him or what. Then they said to him, Papa, we have asked you a question. Give us an answer now. Maybe they were saying to themselves, say, this one there, he's hot and he doesn't know what to say. As they pressurized him, he stood up and he said to them, You want to kill her, right? You want to stone her. He said to them, go ahead. But, do it in an orderly fashion. Don't rush. Do it in an orderly fashion. He said, let's do, let's form a queue. One logo, logo line. And the first person to cast the stone must be the person who doesn't have any sin. So those of you who don't have any sins, and you see that thing that he said suggested that they themselves were guilty of the same thing that they had accused the woman of. He said, so those of you who haven't done anything like this before, form the queue and start like that one by one. Do it in a very orderly fashion. When he finished saying that to them, he stooped again and continued writing. What did he write? What was he writing? We don't know. But I want to hazard a guess. I suspect that Jesus started writing down their sins. 
So he will write the name Cephas. You did this. Caiaphas. You did this. Obadiah. You did this. Nahum. You did this. I am sure that as they looked down and saw the things that they had written on the ground, they said, Ajay, Mewu, he knows. He's caught me. How did he know? How did he get to know? The Bible says that they were convicted by their own conscience. And then one by one, they left. But it's interesting to me also how they left. They started from the eldest to the youngest. They left in a very orderly fashion. They walked away. Jesus lifted his head up and said, ah, where are they? He said, mama, where are your accusers? And she said, they are gone. And he said, there is none remaining. (laughs) All of them are gone. He said, they are all gone. And then he said to her, me, I don't condemn you. But he didn't just end there. He said, go and sin no more. So for anybody who thinks that Jesus was endorsing the wrong thing that had been done, that's not what he was doing. He said expressly to her, go and sin no more. But he made it clear to her that I won't condemn you. I won't write you off. I won't kill you because of this bad thing that you have done. I choose to show you mercy and grace. But go and say no more. When he finished, then he made a profound statement. And he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. I am the light of the world. He introduced himself to the people that me I am the light of the world. Now he made this statement soon after he had dealt with that issue to do with the woman who was caught in adultery. Now what that suggests to me is that the statement that he made that I am the light of the world was connected to the event that had just played out before them. Because why would he just say, it's just finished sorting something out. Why did you move straight away and talk about, I am the light of the world? And I believe that he identified himself as the light of the world. Because in the scene and the events that played out right before him, he saw a lot of darkness. 
he saw the darkness in the world. He saw the darkness in man. He saw the darkness in the way the people had dealt with the situation. Darkness is manifested in different ways. And darkness can be revealed by a number of things. Number one, sin. Sin is a manifestation of darkness. Number two, injustice and unfairness is a manifestation of darkness. Evil thoughts are a manifestation of darkness. Evil intentions are a manifestation of darkness. Wickedness is a manifestation of darkness. Lack of compassion is a manifestation of darkness. Hypocrisy, pretense, pretending is a manifestation of darkness. And all these things that I mentioned were revealed during that small episode that was played out before Jesus. The woman was caught in adultery, sin, darkness. The scribes and the Pharisees were unfair and unjust in the way they handled the situation because they only brought the woman and did not bring the man. That is injustice. That is unfairness. And that is darkness. Evil thoughts, they had a bad mind where Jesus, they wanted to trap him. They wanted to do something to put him on the spot. Evil intentions. They had a bad mind and there was something they wanted to do. Remember that I told you that if Jesus had said simply to them that go ahead and kill her, their intention was to accuse him that he was asking them to do something that was wrong and they would have brought it up before the Roman rulers that this guy is not a lawyer but he gave us the go ahead to stone this woman. Evil intention. And if he had said don't kill her they would have accused him and said that he was conniving with sinners and he was, he was encouraging people to do bad things evil intentions, darkness and then wickedness to actually look at a fellow human being and pick stones and throw them at that person until the person dies it reveals a certain wickedness darkness Lack of compassion. It was obvious that these people, they didn't feel for the woman. They dragged her. They dragged her to Jesus. There was no compassion. Darkness. And then hypocrisy. As they had brought this woman to Jesus, demanding that he pass judgment on her, they themselves were guilty. If not of the same sin, of other sins. So there is a statement in law 
a statement related to law that says this he who comes into equity must come with clean hands which means this that if you come and you want to present a case or charge something somebody with something make sure that you yourself who is come charging the person with that thing your hands are clean that you don't have any issues against you so he who comes into equity must come with clean hands as they came accusing this woman trying to get her killed and trying to put Jesus in a spot they had issues themselves but they carried on as if they didn't have any problems darkness so these were the things that I believe Jesus saw and noticed and as he saw this thing play out before him what came to him was that darkness there's so much darkness in these people there's so much darkness in this world there's so much darkness on this earth and that is when he said I am the light of the world he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life in other words I am the only solution to the darkness in this world and to the darkness in these human beings I am the only solution I'm the only one who can correct it. I'm the only one who can take the darkness away. Only I can do that. I am the light of the world. Light. To understand what Jesus meant when he said, I am the light of the world. We need to appreciate what light is. And what light does. Number one. Jesus is the light of the world. Because light brings sight and understanding. Jesus is the light of the world. Because light brings sight and understanding. And Jesus the light of the world brought us sight and understanding take it again Jesus is the light of the world because light brings sight and understanding and Jesus the light of the world brought us sight and understanding 1 John chapter 5 verse 20 1 John 5 20 and we know that the son of God is come and have given us an understanding and has given us what? Understanding. Jesus came and one of the things he did was that he brought us understanding and he brought us understanding because he is the light of the world and light brings sight and understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true. Even in his son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So light. One of the functions of light. Is to bring sight and understanding. One of the dictionary definitions. 
of light is what makes vision possible. What makes vision possible is one of the definitions of light. In other words, light is what makes us able to see. If there's no light, you cannot see. If I turn off all the lights here, you cannot see. The only reason why you can see is because there is light. That's why we can see. So much so that when you are deprived of light for a very long time, you can actually go blind. And so, there are some animals that are actually blind. The reason is because they stay in the ground where there is no light. In fact, if you are put in prison in a dark dungeon for a long time, one of the bad things that can happen to you is that you can go blind. And it is because there was no light. And so you cannot see. And that not seeing can become a permanent thing. So light is what makes us to see. Now, have you also used this expression before? Maybe somebody is explaining something to you. Then you respond and say, ah, I see. How many have, have, have said something like that before? What do you see? When you say, I see, what you're saying is that I understand. So when you say, I see, it means I understand. And light helps us to see and helps us to understand. And when there is no light, we cannot see. We cannot see what is happening around us. We cannot see our circumstances. We cannot see the dangers ahead. But when there is light, now we can see and we can understand that this thing is dangerous. This thing can hurt us. This thing can harm us. And when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he's trying to get us to understand that he's the one who makes us to see and understand how we really are. To see how bad we are. How evil we are. How wicked we are. How helpless we are. How impossible it is for us to help ourselves. Without Jesus, the light of the world, it's impossible for you to really see how you really are. But when Jesus, the light of the world, shines into you, then you begin to see I'm not good. There's so much wrong with me. I'm a very wicked person. There's a lot of evil and wickedness in me. It is only when the light of the world shines into you that you begin to see how you really are. And so when Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, he's explaining that I'm the one who brings sight and understanding to you. For you to see how you really are. And that is why you can sing the hymn and say, 
B-flat. Amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a wretch like me I once was lost But now I'm found And this is the line you're looking for Was blind But now I see I was blind But now I see How come that I can now see? It is because Jesus, the light of the world, has shown his light on me. Without him, you cannot see and you cannot understand. Number two. Jesus is the light of the world because light brings life. And Jesus, the light of the world, came to bring us life. Light brings life. Everybody say light brings life. So Jesus is the light of the world because light brings life. And Jesus, the light of the world, came to bring us life. John chapter 1 verse 4. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Life. Light. Light. Life. And the Bible says in Jesus was life. And that life was the light of men. And we can say also that Jesus is the light of the world and through that light we have life because light brings life. Let me show you something that perhaps hasn't occurred to you before. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 to 5. New Living Translation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. And darkness covered the deep waters. And the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came marking the first day. Notice this. 
God did not go about creation until there was light. It was the light that made life possible. But really, what I want to draw your attention to is if you jump to verse 14. Then God said, let light appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. Let these lights in the sky shine down on the earth. And that is what happened. God made two great lights. The larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. Which one was the larger one? The sun. And which one was the smaller one? The moon. Then it says he also made the stars. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth. To govern the day and night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And evening passed and morning came marking which day? The fourth day. So when did God create the sun and the moon? On which day? It's there. Which day? There's no trick in my question. It's there. The fourth day. It was on the fourth day of creation that the sun and the moon were created. But on day one of creation, God said, let there be light. And there was light. So what was that light? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And that is why it says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And on the first day at the beginning of the creation, the light of the world shone. And that is how life became possible. Because without light, there cannot be life. The only reason why we can live here on earth is because there is light. And that light is coming, I mean, after the creation, from the sun, the sunlight. Without the sunlight, we, 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 can, we cannot be alive here. We can't. It's not possible. Because light gives life. Light gives life. Let me explain it even further. One of the reasons why we can continue to live here on earth is because of the plants around and the trees. So one of the dangerous things that we are doing to ourselves is cutting down trees. 
and destroying the vegetations. It's a very dangerous thing. Why? Because if you remember your science from school, there's a process called photosynthesis. You remember that? Yeah. That takes place. Now, photosynthesis is the process where plants use the light from the sun, combine it with water and carbon dioxide to produce oxygen and energy in the form of glucose or sugar. So it takes the sunlight, combines it with the moisture in the atmosphere and the carbon dioxide in the air and then from it, it produces oxygen and oxygen is what keeps you and I alive. We breathe in oxygen and we breathe out carbon dioxide. And the carbon dioxide, that carbon dioxide that we breathe out, the plants around us, they take the carbon dioxide, combine it with the sunlight, combine it with the moisture, and produce oxygen for us to be able to breathe. Which means that if we keep cutting down the trees and destroying the plant life around us, we are gradually getting to a place where breathing becomes difficult. And that's how come there are all kinds of diseases and sicknesses in the world today. Because we've cut down. We've cut down. It's like when we see, no, we have to cut down. But that's a very dangerous thing. And we don't realize that the presence of these trees and plant life and all of that is contributing to the life that we have. And what makes it work is the light. The sunlight, the light, it gives rise to life. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he was explaining to us that I am the one who gives you life. So the Bible says, he that hath the sun hath life. And he that hath not the son of God hath not life. So Jesus is the light of the world because light gives life and that day when he stood there and saw what played out before him he explained i am the light of the world and that day this woman had life she she was almost killed but it is because of jesus intervention that she had life and so when he said, I am the light of the world, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He said that because he saw what played out, that this woman was in death. She died. But I gave her life. And that's why Jesus is the light of the world. Hallelujah. Number three. Jesus is the light of the world. Because light heals. Everybody say light heals. Say it again. Light heals. And Jesus the light of the world came to heal us. 
because we are sick. Human beings are sick. And the only one who can heal us and take away our sickness is Jesus, the light of the world. Are we not sick what we do to ourselves? Are we not sick that human beings will get to a point where they want to sleep with dogs and goats and snakes? Are we not sick that a man wants to marry a man and a woman wants to marry a woman? Are we not sick that a rich person would decide that when I die, all the money that I have should be given to my cat? We are not well. Are we not sick that the water that is supposed to give us life we allow people to tamper with it so now the water that once upon a time was crystal clear is now looking like coffee or awusa cocoa and we allow it we are we are, we are not well We are not well. And Jesus, the light of the world, he came into this world. One of his functions was he came as light to heal us. And so in Malachi chapter 4 verse 2, the Bible says, But unto you that fear my name, shall the son of righteousness arise. With what? Healing in his wings. So another name of Jesus is the son, the area of righteousness. And he says, he will arise with healing in his wings and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 to 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the pure, to the poor. Next one. He hath sent me to heal, to heal the brokenhearted. To preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Healing. Healing. And Jesus is the light of the world because light heals. And Jesus, the light of the world, came to heal us. Light. Physically or naturally, light heals. So, one of the things that will help you to recover from tuberculosis is to have light. There are certain types of infections. You need light to be able to recover from them. When a baby is born and they notice that the baby has yellow eyes and the skin is looking yellow, immediately the doctors suspect jaundice. And one of the things they do is they'll put you in an incubator 
with light for some time. Then when the danger is clear, they tell your mother that when you go home in the morning, around what time? 10 in the morning. Bring that baby out into the sunlight because the light from the sun it heals. Light heals. Without light, there will be no vitality in your red blood cells and in your white blood cells. Without light. Without light, your body will just go waste. It will become pale. You won't be strong. You will not be healthy. So again, that is why when people are put in prison for a long time, when you bring them, you notice that their bodies have gone waste. It is because light which heals is been cut off from them. So their bodies just go to waste. And ladies and gentlemen, Jesus, the light of the world, he is the light of the world because light heals. And Jesus came into this world to heal us. Not only does he heal us of physical sicknesses and diseases, but he heals us from emotional diseases. That's why he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. There are certain situations to do with our minds. There are certain situations to do with our hearts, to do with our souls. That it takes Jesus, the light of the world, to heal us and to restore us. And as he looked at what the Pharisees and the scribes came to do there, and how they manifested. He realized that these guys, they need to be healed. They are not well. And I am the light of the world. I am the one who brings healing into these people. Hallelujah. Let's do one more and close. Jesus is the light of the world because light brings cheerfulness. And Jesus, the light of the world, came to bring joy into our lives. Jesus is the light of the world because light brings cheerfulness. And Jesus, the light of the world, came to bring joy into our lives. It's one of the reasons why Jesus came, to bring joy into our lives. Light brings cheerfulness. Isaiah 60 verse 20. Your sun will never set. Your moon will not go down. For the Lord will be your everlasting light. What will be the result or the consequence? Your days of mourning will come to an end. If you are not mourning, you are rejoicing. And it says, because the Lord will be your everlasting light, your days of mourning will come to an end. When Jesus, the light of the world, shines into your life, he turns your mourning into dancing. Hallelujah. Psalm 16 verse 11. In thy presence is fullness of joy. In thy right hand 
there are pleasures forevermore. Jesus, the light of the world, brings joy into our lives. He brings joy into our souls. On the day that Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds watching over their flock by night and said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Why? Because the light of the world who brings joy has just been born. Have you not noticed that when the sun is not up and the weather is very funny, you usually feel depressed? Have you noticed that? And you, you, you realize that you're, you're, you are dull. Mabofi dull. You become very dull because the sun is not up. In the evenings, especially, when the lights are off, you realize that everywhere is what? White. But when the light comes on, especially if you are living in town, I don't hear it here, but if you are living in town, what do you hear? Hey! Lighten up, lighten up, lighten up, lighten up. It's like when the light comes, there's a certain joy. Within a few seconds, you hear the music playing and you hear sound. You hear people doing things. But before the light came, it was as if everybody was asleep. It was like everybody was depressed. In fact, in countries where they have a lot more winter than summer, for most parts of the year, they are experiencing winter. The suicide rate in those countries is very, very high. People just kill themselves because they are depressed. They are down. Yeah. Because the, 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 the whole environment is gloomy just because the light, the sun is not shining. And in fact, sometimes to treat these people of their depression, they put them in a room with a lot of lights. And it does something. It causes their brain to begin to emit a certain chemi chemical that stirs them up and that brings cheerfulness into their spirit. So light brings cheerfulness. And Jesus, the light of the world, he came to bring joy into our lives. To bring joy into our lives. That's why we sing a song. I have joy in my heart. Deep, deep down in my heart. I have joy in my heart deep deep down in my heart because Jesus gave to me and no one can destroy it I have joy in my heart deep deep down in my heart this joy that we are talking about it's, it's, it's very different from happiness. Happiness is dependent on when things are working well. You have money in your pocket. Where did they want me? Eh? You passed your exams. You have a job. You can pay your bills. Then you are happy. 
But this thing that we call joy, which Jesus, the light of the world brings, it is not dependent on whether things are okay or not. Look, sometimes you meet somebody who is just happy. When you come to church and you see people dancing, and it's not as if one one bound. There's no problem. There's no issue. Some of the people, you should see the issues that they are dealing with. But there's a certain joy that God brings into your life. And even when things are not working, the joy of the Lord sustains you. And it gives you a certain assurance that everything is going to be alright. Because Jesus, the light of the world, he brings joy into our lives. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And so next week we're going to end the series. But I need you to understand that one of the roles and the functions of Jesus in our lives is that he's the light of the world. He brought life. He brought healing. He brought sight and understanding. And he brought joy into our lives. Rise up to your feet and let us close. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful to you for tonight. And thank you for this teaching about our Lord and Savior. The light of the world. He introduced himself as such to the people. And thank you that we've had an encounter with the light of the world. That he's brought sight and understanding to us. That he has brought life to us. That he has brought healing to us. And that he's given us joy that is beyond understanding. We thank you for the difference that he's made in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. Give Jesus another hand clap, my friends. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.